All right, welcome back to the Touchdown Rundown. I'm Tom, joined, as always, by my faithful co-host, Tony Nemeti. We're coming to you with our week one overreaction reactions. It's a reaction-ception, if you will. So, Tony, before we begin, like, how do you want to do this? Because personally, I'm totally cool with us just going back and forth. I think we've picked three games to react to each. How do you want to do this? Uh, yeah, we can do that. I just want to pick a couple games to kind of start out with. We could do everything, nothing, whatever you want to yeah. do. So I decided to go with Giants-Titans, not because I thought it was a very compelling game. In fact, I have a feeling most people probably say it was the most hideous game of the weekend in a weekend of hideous games. Maybe I'm not giving Chicago 49ers enough credit. Uh, but the Giants won 21-20 to on the road against the Titans. I believe the Giants were a almost a touchdown underdog and somehow found a way to win the game. But I, it was largely due to the difference in the running backs. Saquon Barkley had 18 carries, 164 yards, and a touchdown to Derrick Henry's 21 carries and 82 yards. Th- that is a huge deal. And so my question to you, Tony, is overreaction or underreaction about these two running backs? Is Saquon Barkley back, and will Derrick Henry never be the same? Well, this is something I really wasn't expecting, to be totally honest with you. I liked Saquon in that first season where he really exploded. It was kind of like an Ezekiel Elliott effect where he came out of nowhere. Rookie year, he was fantastic. And then unlike Zeke, he kind of just got really injured. So he has a reason as to why he kind of fell off the face of the planet for a little bit. I had completely forgotten about him. And then he just exploded. And that absolutely surprised me. It was really nice to see him come back. I am on the fence about him because I really lost a lot of faith in him. When he just kind of stopped performing, he kind of fell fell to the wayside, if you will. And I didn't really see much from him. Nobody really did. And then he exploded this week. I'm optimistic, but I'm not ready to quite say that he is 100% back. Uh, I think that might be a little bit of an overreaction after one game when last season he was kind of all over the place, not really performing. As for Derrick Henry, to be totally honest with you, I think this is the Derrick Henry that we've seen, right? He averaged Mm -hmm. 3.9 yards per carry on 21 carries. He's just volume with very little efficiency, and they were able to contain his few and far between breakout runs that beef up his yards. He didn't really have any touchdowns, but to be totally honest with you, this is the Derrick Henry that I have been worried about and the reason why I haven't particularly liked him because he's going to get the carries. He just doesn't do a lot with them. Yeah, no, so I'm... I'm very much with you. Zelo, I believe, had Derrick Henry at about 4 yards a carry or 3.9 yards a carry. And that is exactly what he got in their game. He got 3.9 yards per carry. Like, I don't think it's because the Giants are you know, world beaters on the defensive line. I think it's just because, like you said, he's injured. And we have now... People kept asking the question for the couple of years of his dominance... How is he going to continue to be so good? He's doing this at an unprecedented clip. And then eventually we all were like, okay, he should be getting injured anytime now. And now that he's injured, he's not going to be the same. But there, I, there is hope for him because if you look across the field at Saquon, who averaged nine yards per carry, which is why I think it's an outlier. Obviously, I don't expect him to continue at nine yards a carry, but I do expect him to be back to pre-injury Saquon. I think now that he's had time, he is going to be back. So that's my reaction to those two respective running backs. Tony, what was your first overreaction pick? 
my first overreaction pick, Tom, you're not going to like this one, but I have to go 49ers Bears. Uh, and I'm not saying overreaction as in I think the Bears are the team and I think the Niners are never going to come back. That's not what I'm saying. I do think that the Niners have a way better roster than the Bears. I think the conditions were tough out there. We do have to remember that. It was Trey Lance's first kind of official start, if you will, to his real career being a starter with the Niners. My overreaction is that I just don't believe in him. He gave me nothing to believe in because, honestly, with any other team, I would be a little more forgiving given the conditions. But this San Francisco team is built for these conditions, right? They have all of these runners. Their O-line is fantastic. They have... They had Jimmy Garoppolo, who was a mediocre quarterback before, but he knew how to play in these poor-conditioned games. He knew what the team's strengths were. And Trey Lance, he's been given a year, right? He's not really a rookie. This might be his first real kind of start, but he has had a year to kind of absorb things and learn from the guy in front of him. So I think that his stat line is not necessarily a reflection of what we're going to see all year. I don't think he's going to average zero touchdowns and one interception every single game, but I don't think there's a whole lot of upside past this, especially because this Chicago Bears defense, not exactly in its prime. They're not great. On no, the absolutely. I mean, so for me, part of the analysis of watching this game, because this and the, the Texans-Colts game are the two games that I legitimately watch like start to finish, and I do think we can chalk a lot of this up to conditions because I don't think either quarterback played particularly well. Now, Justin Fields came alive and had some incredible passes down the stretch of this game, and I think that that might be a good sign of things to come. But I think Trey Lance struggled because of how terrible the conditions were. Like, that was not an ideal game. He obviously, you know, Debo Samuel, I feel, it. you know, from watching the game, he had a very quiet game. He had a very quiet 52 yards uh, of rushing, but then almost nothing through the air. And they obviously didn't have Kittle because Kittle was out with an injury. So I'm I'm still on the fence as far as, as, far as Lance goes. Yeah, I still don't quite believe in him I don't I don't think that I have seen anything from him not one thing that gives me optimism that he's going to be that guy it's kind of the same thing for Justin Fields there are still people that believe Justin Fields is going to be that guy I still don't quite believe in that I think he can have sparks of some pretty good play I just don't think he's ever going to consistently be that guy and I think Trey Lance is kind of right there with him for now for me I've seen nothing from either yeah, I'm I'm still optimistic just because the process of rushing these guys out the door is kind of insane and I think it's too quick. So I I'm still optimistic and I liked what I saw. Like they both had really good plays yesterday. The, uh, you know, they just didn't have good plays throughout the entire game and in the case of Lance obviously end up looking bad. I mean, this is this is part of how we're going to do the measurements with Lance is that because he replaced Jimmy G in a very unique way, you know, we're going to take every single loss and say, okay, this goes against Lance. And conversely, I think every single win might be a credit to Lance or for people like you who aren't a huge believer, you know, it does, I think, do very little, whereas a loss is very damaging. So I remain optimistic on these two guys. It's it's week one. We had insane results. If we're going by week one results, Aaron Rodgers should just stop playing football. Potentially. Yeah. Is that is that one of your games, by the way? That... That's not one of my overreaction games. I, if 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 you if you want me to move into it, we can. 
Well, I'm just going to say no because I think the, the answer is very clear about the Packers just apparently are never ready for week one anymore. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what it is. I think, you know, everybody that has watched the show for a while knows I'm the resident Packers fan here. Tom and I have both been saying this for a while now. The Vikings are due to demolish some good teams. The Vikings, in my opinion, are like the Cowboys were last year. They have maybe the best roster on paper in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They just never really had anybody that was willing to use it. They've Tom even offensively, texted, offensively, yeah, offensively. Tom even texted in our group chat yesterday. Finally, no more bubble screen. <laughs> it was a run all of last year, and I'm I'm absolutely here for it. We finally take away the bubble screens, and Justin Jefferson has almost 200 yards and two touchdowns. This is the Vikings team that I have so badly both not wanted and wanted to see as a Packers and then football fan. I've wanted to see this team really pop off and do well. I'm so glad that I, I, everybody else thinks it was a poor decision, but I'm so glad I waited and took to take Kirk Cousins in my uh, sleeper league. Uh, I think he was going to be, he's a fantastic pick given how they're playing now. And I think Rogers, honestly, this was a better game than we started out with last year against the Saints. So I'm not too worried about it. All I all I really think that we learned was that this receiving problem in Green Bay is really a problem. It's no longer kind of a wonder anymore. Is Rodgers going to make it work? Are these guys going to step up? I thought Christian Watson was going to be the guy. Rodgers really talked him up after practices. I no longer think he's going to be he's going to be the guy after he dropped that I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't help that like Lazard was injured. Like that's the guy yeah. we thought would be number one. And but I think from what I watched of that game, I think Big Bob Tunyon had a decent showing, considering he was coming off of a devastating injury against the Cardinals from last season. Yeah, he, he did pretty good, and Lazard should be the number one guy. Rodgers was really talking up Christian Watson in camp. He was making it sound like he's kind of been the standout receiver uh, that they've wanted from the rookie class, and he dropped mm-hmm. that seventy-five yard touchdown. Who knows what yeah. would happen? after that if that would have connected but after that you could kind of see Rodgers didn't really like him but who he did like was Dobbs close to the end of the game he really started liking throwing to Dobbs and he was catching everything he was getting so I think he's going to be a good one and I'm surprised they didn't work Sammy Watkins in more he's a veteran that they should really use a whole lot more than they did Randall Cobb as well they really tried to lean on a lot of their a lot of their rookies and it just wasn't quite working but they're young. This team will figure it out. I'm not worried yet. Yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely my analysis, too, is that, like, one, there are two plays, like, just two, where that game is completely different, right? It's the goal line stand, fourth and one, um, and, you know, the 75-yard dropped bomb that could have gone to the house incredibly easily. Like, those two plays alone swing the momentum of that game, so I'm not worried. And, you know, the other, the flip side, right, if we're kind of doing like a coin the flip side of that coin is that justin jefferson is going to be the next cooper cup and the vikings offense is finally going to be watchable absolutely and on on that kind of point of you know our home teams losing and are we are we are we upset about it or not we did have a little bit of a game yesterday between the browns and the panthers and i don't think it ended the way tom quite wanted are you are you worried about this team yet tom I think I texted you, if not you, some of my other football friends, Matt Rule is getting fired this year. Like, that was just it. And now, granted, that was when I think it was like 20-7, to 7 and just the, the Panthers looked terrible. Now, because, and this is something I bemoan every year, is that because I live in Michigan, 
and I guess technically now Indiana, I can't actually watch any of the Panthers games unless they play a regional team. So, like, I can only tell you from what I listened to from the GameCast and read the reports, but the Panthers were pretty awful. Like, it was 17-7 at halftime, and then it was 20-7 in the third quarter, and I think that's when I texted, yeah, Matt Rule's getting fired. And then the Panthers seemed to come alive. Baker, I think, as the half moved along, got a lot better, looked a lot better. So, I'm worried, but this is kind of honestly... I didn't have them losing on a last-second field goal. That broke my heart. But this is kind of how I felt like the season was going to go for the Panthers, is that we'd have some we'd have some tough spots with Baker Mayfield as he adjusted because he had such a short offseason. But but quite and that's something you pointed out a lot, Tony, was, hey, he's got a really short offseason here. You know, but I think McCaffrey's back. If he can stay healthy, you know, I'm super excited about that. Anderson broke 100 yards, Robbie Anderson, so that's exciting. I think just if the Panthers can not hurt themselves, because I believe Baker had four lost fumbles and four, but you know, granted he recovers all four of them, um, you know, we could have done a lot better. We just shot ourselves in the foot. And so I do think that there's hope for the Panthers. The Browns could honestly make the playoffs at this point, and it would absolutely flabber, be flabbergasting, but they could. Yeah, I'm not too worried about the team quite yet. Baker is going to get more into it. CMC. If he can stay healthy, he didn't really do a lot yesterday, but we didn't really expect him to. That was that's a pretty iron curtain line they have there. So uh, I don't think anybody really expected him to have an otherworldly type day. Robbie Anderson looked very good, so I think there are upsides to this team, and this team could definitely come out mm-hmm. a stronger in weeks to come. The Browns, though, they could be a problem if Deshaun comes back like he like he was. Even with Jacoby Brissett, they didn't look particularly great but they didn't look bad either no they and that's the scary thing is that i kind of was like hey the panthers can ride their defense on some of these softer games early on and i you know the browns outperformed expectations now granted they do have probably one of the more prolific running games in the nfl so i think that that's definitely going to be something they lean on but percent i don't think like just looking at the box score because i'll be admit i'll be honest i'm box scoring this one percent looked pretty okay which i think is better than we thought he was going to be yeah he was he wasn't all that bad yeah which again like more than i thought jacoby Brissett would be taking to the browns uh let's switch over to another team that had a lot of fumble problems so you know tony i know you have your your internship in class with the colts you you are an uh you're a red zone guy though you're not a you don't watch games right i I mostly do red zone, yes. Yeah, so this was because I don't have red zone. I I, I watched the games, and this was you know probably one of the games that I really, really paid a lot of attention to. But Matt Ryan had four fumbles by himself. Lost one, recovered two, and then I believe someone else got the recovery on another one. And then they had their uh, running back lose one. So they fumbled five times and had you know four offensive recoveries and only one loss, but I, those fumbles legitimately did hurt them. Matt Ryan, otherwise, I thought, played a pretty good game for a first-time outing. My question to you is, of the two teams, the Colts and the Texans, did we just see the division winner? I don't... In in one of these two teams. I don't know if we necessarily did, but I do think the Texans are actually going to be a pretty okay team. The Texans I, have a QB in Davis Mills. 
They they do. And you've been I, you you've been saying it, but they have a QB. I, I I'm not surprised by this. I don't know why anybody is. Davis Mills is objectively a pretty good quarterback, and he showed that yesterday. Twenty three of thirty seven, two forty, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Mm-hmm. That's a better performance than Matt Ryan had. And honestly, I am still. At, I mean, I, we don't. We haven't had a lot of time to see him, and I I can't say that one season and one game add up perfectly. But as of right now, Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz are the same guy in my mind, and I don't understand why they made the move. I really don't. Because honestly, I think if you were to take Matt Ryan's name off of this box score and you were to pencil in Carson Wentz, I would not be surprised. I would expect to see the exact same thing. Now, the fumbles, honestly, I don't know if I'm necessarily seeing Carson Wentz fumble four to five times a game. That's a little bit of a concern, but it's one game. Maybe he'll clean it up. It was a fluke. We'll, we can chalk it up to that for now. But just throw in this ball. One touchdown, one interception, 83.1 rating, 352 yards on 50 attempts. Like This is all pretty Carson Wentz-esque stuff. Jonathan Taylor had a great day, which I didn't think he would after the first quarter. He had most of his yards, it seemed like, in the second quarter, which was nice. He did turn up. I was, I was worried about him for a second because I do really like him, but... I really don't believe Matt Ryan is all that better than Carson Wentz was, and I still don't understand the move. Tom, I'm sure you think differently, but I've never, I've never been one to understand that one. Yeah, I'm trying to find the number. So if you could give me one more second, I'm going way deep into the the pro football area. I'm trying to find. I'm going into the the game logs, trying, trying to find Carson splits. Bolts. Well, no, I'm trying to find his. Just his splits. There uh, we go. Okay. So 2022. Just so I can see the by quarter breakdown, if they have that. They should have that by quarter. They should have it. I, I really Somewhere. think, if anything, Matt Ryan has kind of bailed out my back. Here we go. Go for it. So, in the first half, Wentz had air yards per attempt. So, yards he threw the ball in the air per attempt in the first quarter, 13 in the second quarter, 7.23 in the third quarter, 1.133. And in the fourth quarter, 6.46. So my point was going to be the Colts scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. Matt Ryan, if I'm going to be honest, looked fairly great in the fourth quarter. The The difference there and how Carson Wentz was playing his fourth, the fourth quarter, which mind you, allowed the ben, uh, the Jaguars to get right back in the game. Like that should have not been a game, and the Jaguars got back in and made it a game. In my opinion, because Carson Wentz was not able to sustain the play the first half, Matt Ryan played better in the third quarter. Now I can't prove that empirically. That's just eyeballing it. Give me a second to go find his splits, and we can have a, a statistical conversation. Of course, you know all of this taking context in the small sample size in the uh, small sample size theater. Yeah, absolutely. I. It, maybe, maybe I'm okay. Let's will show a different picture, but I think if, if you just take the absolute 100% end of the game, no matter what happened, where this is the stat line you get. I think I don't think you're wrong, but I think at least with with Matt Ryan, you're not going to see the same amount of fumbles pretty regularly. Whereas with Wentz, I do think you're going to see some sacks and fumbles potentially. Uh, so Matt Ryan in the, fo- so here are his air yards per attempt 
eight in the first quarter, and then the two quarters he played the absolute worst in until he became incredibly clutch in the fourth quarter, 2.9.8 and 8.74, and then in overtime, 8.71. So for me, the difference is, and I don't think we're going to see the second and third quarters a lot, uh, like that kind of performance, is how he played in crunch time. I think he's a more clutch player, if you can even really quantify clutch, uh, than, than Carson Wentz is, and that was what the trade was for. Yeah, I guess potentially, but doesn't it doesn't being clutch kind of not really count when you're the one kind of putting them in these situations where you need to be clutch? Because the third quarter, he did nothing. His second quarter, mm-hmm. he threw for, I guess, a decent amount of yards, but he threw that pick. He fumbled however many times. That's not even on the splits here, but he fumbled however many times and in however however many places. He didn't throw a touchdown until the fourth quarter. When he, I mean, granted, he did kind of pop off a little bit, but that is the quarter he had his most attempts uh, and his second worst completion percentage. So, like, sure, I guess he didn't do bad. He just didn't do better than I think Carson Wentz would have. I. You know, again, it's one it's one sample, so I don't know how you want to do this because it's it's so hard to tell. I think we should definitely like wait. This is kind of an overreaction thing in my mind. I granted mm-hmm. I never saw the upside of taking Matt Ryan, so we can give it to like mid season and compare Ryan's mid season to Wentz's mid season last year and kind of see what we're looking at. Um, but I just still don't think that I'm really on the train of Matt Ryan is really that much better and he's going to be the different the difference maker in this team. I I just don't see it. Yeah. So I found some more advanced splits that we can try to look at just and then we'll we'll put a bow on this. But Wentz when trailing let me see has a rating of 88.4 Ryan when trailing has a rating of 91. So again, it's a fairly marginal difference, but I do think it is an, an upgrade. I've never been saying like it's like trading for Tom Brady or anything, but it is at the very least uh, an upgrade at the position. We'll have to see later down the line, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and to answer my own question, I do think that the winner is going to come from one of these two teams. I've always thought the Colts were going to win the AFC South, but the fact that the Giants were able to beat the Titans with Derrick Henry looking so terrible is, is just further proof to me that there's no reason the Colts shouldn't win this, unless the Texans do, which would be insane. Yeah, that would definitely be a shakeup. but hey, I mean, they tied this game, and everybody kind of thought the Colts would run away with it. I know I did, so we'll, we'll have mm-hmm. to see if maybe this is just a week one fluke, and obviously this is the toughest week to predict, so who knows, but I don't know, this could be kind of a, a, a sneaky year for the Houston Texans and my guy Davis Mills. Imagine how positioned they are with the draft capital they've gotten in the past few years. Absolutely, like it's the Texans are kind of wild. They could have they could have a great team in three years, or they could be awful. Who knows? Uh, all right, let's go to your next overreaction, underreaction. My next overreaction is it's got to be the Pittsburgh Steelers Cincinnati Bengals game, and mm. the result so much is not the surprise as when you look at how the result came about, Joe Burrow, four interceptions in this game. It's just two, I mean, two fumbles. This was absolutely a clinic by the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Until the second half. 
until the second half, in which they kind of came back. Joe Burrow, you know, 53 pass attempts. He did crack 300 yards somehow. He did throw two touchdowns, so that kind of saved the game there just a little bit. They didn't have any rushing touchdowns. Joe Mixon was, you know, as expected, kind of stuck in the dirt against that Steelers defense. But I was very surprised to see them do this poorly. Now, Tom and I have been talking about how the Bengals are not going to make another run like they did last year. They're going to regress to the mean. And we did not mean this. I don't think either of us meant this. This is definitely a little bit more extreme. So the Bengals team that I think we see this year is going to be kind of an an in the middle between Super Bowl and this game. I think it's going to be kind of splitting the difference between those two things because these two teams were very, very different. I think Burrow is going to be, he's going to come back a little bit. This is not the Burrow we're going to Mm. see for the rest of the season. This is a fluke. This defense was fantastic. Mitch actually looked okay. He didn't look great. He didn't throw an interception. So I guess that's that's something to definitely be happy about. Uh, I think everybody that, every Bears fan that was watching this game was probably just waiting for Trubisky to throw an interception <laughs> or two. And we're really mad when he finally didn't do it for once. So I don't know if that's going to be a consistent thing or he just had a good game. But all I know is that Burrow's going to be better Jamar was Jamar. That was fine. He cracked 100 yards, had a touchdown. I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about Mixon. He'll do better against worse defenses. I am surprised about Najee. Uh, He only had 23 yards on 10 carries, 2.3 average. I was a little bit perplexed by that, if you will. I was expecting him to have a little bit of a bigger game, especially with Mitch finally coming in uh, into his his first game with a pretty short, a very short uh, time to look at the uh, playbook and learn all that. I thought they'd rely on Najee in the run game a little bit more, but as a team, they only had 75 total yards of rushing. So that definitely surprised me and disappointed me as I parlayed him for 50 for over 50 yards. (laughs) But that was disappointing. Other than that, it was a pretty run of the mill game. I thought, I just thought Burrow really surprised me more than anything. I'd kindly like you to ask you to stop parlaying my fantasy players. Because <laughs> it's killing me. It is killing me. It's killing uh, me too, Tom. It's killing me too. Uh, t- so to answer your point about the Steelers rushing, like I think it is important to remember that the Bengals were ranked 5th in rushing yards allowed last year and 5th in rushing attempts against. So I do think that they're going to be a formidable rushing defense. It was actually one of like their few strengths in the Super Bowl against the Rams, I think, was that they were a better rushing team. Um, so I think that that wasn't the most surprising thing. I think, yeah, the most surprising thing was Joe Burrow with the incredible four interceptions, one in the first quarter, two in the second quarter, and then I believe one in the fourth quarter that was on the drive to win the game uh, that allowed the Steelers to tie it. Uh his rating, his QB rating, 54 in the first quarter. So he was 7 for 9 with two incompletions, four first downs, 59 yards. And then he was 30 in the second quarter with his uh, two interceptions. And then he was, I believe, a perfect 151 in the third quarter with four attempts, four completions, 43 yards, and a touchdown. And then in the fourth quarter, it fell back down to earth to 64. So, like, the good Joe Burrow is still in there. I don't know what happened. I don't know if he was just not ready for the Steelers' defense. That defense was was absolutely overwhelming and should continue to be so. Uh, you know, 
assuming TJ Watt stays healthy. I don't know what's wrong with the Watts and their pectorals, but I believe this is now the second Watt pectoral injury in as many seasons. Yeah, I uh, I don't think he's going to be okay, per se. I think he is going to definitely miss some time. They could, they could see him on the sideline, mm-hmm. kind of all in, I tore my pack. So if you're an athlete of that caliber in that family, you probably can pretty accurately figure out what a torn pec feels like. So I do believe him when he says that, but hopefully that's not the case. Regardless, I think he will. he's going to be back at some point uh, this year. It's just a matter of if he's going to be as dominant. It is disappointing because he really did show out in this game. It was it was awesome to watch. He really is. He didn't lose a step at all. He was in pretty much every single defensive play. And if it wasn't him, it was Minka Fitzpatrick. So this defense is absolutely going to carry this team. The offense, as we kind of predicted, the offense is going to have to rely on the defense. And hey, in this game, it worked. Yeah, the uh, the report of the Steelers' demise was greatly exaggerated. Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, they they should be thankful that they have this defense. And hey, maybe for the millionth year in a row, Mike Tomlin pulls out a five hundred season out of nowhere that nobody predicted. <laughs> maybe he'll do it. I hope he does. Yeah, death taxes and the Steelers going five hundred. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they would tie so he could get the eight eight and one. <laughs> that would be perfect. Yeah, I really did. All right, let's go to the last topic of the day as we're kind of coming up on our time. The Patriots and Dolphins in what was one of the more interesting games from just the offseason analysis portion of the year. Tony, the Patriots had seven points. I believe the Dolphins' defense had seven points, which is kind of uh, incredible, uh, on a Melvin Ingram fumble return for a touchdown. So my question to you is, are the Patriots in trouble? Because something that I said in the offseason and Zillow indicated by having such low ratings for the wide receivers is that the Patriots are going to have an offense problem. Do you think that's true, or is this just classic Patriots in September, we're still going to figure it out for a month? Honestly, I do think it's true. I don't I don't dislike Mac Jones. I just think he's Dollar General Tom Brady. He has to be in the pocket. He has to have protection. He has mm-hmm. to have very cut-and-dry um well-run routes and he doesn't have the receivers really necessary to do that Jacoby Myers Kendrick Bourne Johnny Smith Nelson Aguilar those are kind of the top guys Devontae Parker's in there but he didn't do anything yesterday uh their leading receiver at 55 yards and Mac Jones didn't do poorly uh 21 of 30 213 a touchdown and interception that's not good but it's not necessarily bad either I am concerned for this team I think as we saw the defense is not quite what it used to be as well. Uh, having 20 points put up on them by the Dolphins, this Dolphins team, it's not necessarily a bad thing because they definitely could have put up more. Well, and it's 13. It's more like 13 because they, right. do, you know, Mac Jones, Mac, good Lord. Okay. Uh, Mac Jones had that interest. I mean, had that fumble that just did not help them at all. And it led to a touchdown. Yeah. So it really was only like two touchdowns. The defense in years past, I do think that this defense could have held this Dolphins team to, you know, maybe like one touchdown or two field goals or something. So they're not bad, but they're just not as, not quite as good as they were, and the offense is never going to be able to bail them out this season. I am mm-hmm. optimistic for the Dolphins, honestly. I I don't dislike Tua. I've kind of liked Tua since he came into the league. A lot of people don't, but 
I think with this, with these receivers and these weapons that he has, Raheem Mostert, insanely fast. Jalen Waddle, insanely fast. Tyreek Hill, the fastest. Like, even if he doesn't throw a pinpoint beautiful ball, I don't think he can consistently do that. If he can just throw it up and get it out there, which everybody has said that he can't do, I think they'll be okay. His long was 42 yesterday from Jalen Waddle. That wasn't all passing yards, but uh, I do think that this team could make a little bit of a run, maybe wild card in the postseason, maybe win the division. I, win the I'm game. not going to go that far. Yeah. Like win the division? No, nah, this is the Bill. This is Bill's country. True. This is Bill's country. I think they could get a wild card. Maybe they'd be like the absolutely like seven seed. But I think they could do it. They're not going to go anywhere if they get into the postseason. Uh, I'm not saying that they, you know, crack off and make a, a Bengals-esque run. I just think that this is kind of the the breath of life into a team that hasn't had anything, and they will continue to get better. They're not quite there yet, but, you know, a postseason appearance is better than a team that missed the postseason. So you're slowly making your steps to get to that place you want to be at. So, you know, you'll be okay. Yeah, no, I mean, so part of the concern is, you know, again, this is a a Florida team, Florida game. I wasn't able to watch it because I only have access to to the local guys. But Tua apparently, you know, he took three sacks. Some of them were not great and and largely Tua's fault. And then Tua could have been intercepted probably twice, uh, if I recall. So I think that that is maybe this isn't like the greatest result that you can you can glean from a box score so I do have questions about the offense but at the very least I think Waddle and Hill are going to be a dynamic duo and so I think yeah wildcard team is probably my current expectation now if the offense really takes off and we found out the the Patriots by holding the Dolphins to 13 points offensively did a masterclass job then yeah maybe that's a little bit different but as of right now you know I, I do think that the Patriots are a huge problem team without a lot of weapons, really any weapons, and the Dolphins are going to be a decent offensive team that has still questions around Tua. I don't think any questions about Tua were answered, and probably won't be for most of the season if they even get answered this season. I don't think anybody that was talking poorly about him in the offseason and was really not believing in him. I don't think any of those people are converted after this game. I just think it was a pretty good game for Tua. Like, there, it wasn't any fuel to the fire, I guess you could say. It was a little bit of a step in the right direction. It wasn't, you know, a perfect game. He did have a 104.4 passer rating, which that's pretty, that's pretty good overall. If you can get over 100 consistently, you're doing pretty well. So I think that Tua... He showed that he can do it against a team that probably is a pretty tough team for them. Well, I was going to say, I think this is this is reminiscent of last year where the Dolphins beat the Patriots in New England. So I do think it's a good sign that they got the win right there. At the very least, no worse than last year's team would be my takeaway, quite honestly. Yeah, I think defensively this is... I don't want to say it's one of the better squads that they're going to face, but... If I were, it'd be like, they're in the top 50%. They're not the top 10%, yeah. but they're not a terrible defense that Tua kind of just beat up on and were taking kind of garbage stats. It, they were pretty good against a pretty good defense, and that's that says something. One last thing that I, I just kind of thought of, 
what do you think that the Dolphins' defense is going to be? Because I know we've loved them. We've loved them since Flores got there, but he's gone, obviously, and they put up a pretty good performance. Now, it is against absolutely a, what I am anticipating will be a garbage offense. So, is this the Dolphins are good, or the Patriots are just that bad offensively and defensively? Honestly, as of right now, I think it's. I think in this game, it was more that the Patriots were kind of bad more than anything. Yeah. I don't expect uh, the Dolphins to have any kind of a lights-out defense. I don't think they're going to hold the average. I don't think their average uh, points allowed over the season is going to be seven. Uh, I think it's going to be worse than that. It's Honestly, we're really going to see in the next couple weeks, I want to see what they're able to do against the Ravens. Yeah, and that's what course, I was going to say. And, of course, I want to see what they do against the Bills. I don't think they're going to do much against the Bills, but who knows? Maybe they're going to surprise us. I think those two games, once we get that the kind of Patriots-Ravens-Bills sample size done, we'll kind of see where they're really at. Uh, mm-hmm. Patriots being the worst of the offenses they're going to face over the, over the first three weeks. So they won. They, they got the first question right. They're 33% of the way there. Let's see if they can get the next two. Yeah, no, the Ravens and Bills, the Ravens will be a test to the Dolphins' defense, and the Bills will just be a test to the Dolphins, period. (laughs) Yeah. So that'll answer some questions, I think, or at least start answering them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope to start bringing you guys some more daily content. Uh, A pick for tonight to close it out, Tony? It's pretty obvious, right? We got to go with Broncos. Yeah, I think that Seattle can maybe make this one a close game if only because they're at home and because the season has been, or this week I should say, has been absolutely crazy. Uh, but yeah, you got to go Broncos. Yeah, this I I want to say, oh yeah, Broncos are going to clean sweep. This is going to be an easy game. After this week with the Niners beating the Bears and all that stuff, I really just don't want to say anything. I just want to let it ride out how it's going to ride out, and we'll 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 talk about whether we're really happy about our picks or really, really sad. And, oh, we obviously should have seen this happening and this and that and the other thing. That'll be next show. I'm going to be honest. I honestly, I don't have any problem without with how my picks panned out. It's like, yep, I wasn't going to see the Texans tying the Colts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not. FanDuel straight up gave us our money back on that one. They were like, yeah, sorry. We couldn't, we couldn't have even guessed that one. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you later in the week. Bye, guys.